Hey everyone, welcome to the Lighthouse Podcast, where you can hear our latest teachings and conversations. Well, hey everyone, and uh, thanks again for joining us. It's last Sunday of February. Woohoo! And I'm excited for March. March just sounds better to me. Like, February sounds cold and we might not make it. And March just sounds like it's, it just sounds better. It's full of hope and uh, like something good is coming. So, anyhow, I'm excited about that. I've actually seen some signs of spring here on Graham and Ann, and I took pictures, but I didn't post those pictures to social media because the last time I did that a month ago, we got pounded with a heavy snowstorm after I was bragging on social media about what a good winter we've had. Um, but there are some signs of spring. If you look around, you can see, you can see the spring is not far away. Um, special shout out to all the kids who are watching us. We love our kids here at the Lighthouse Church, and we miss you. And uh, hopefully sometime soon we'll all be able to meet together again. There'll be kids running around the church, and we'll be able to have a wana again. And um, uh, I just wanted to say hey to all the, all the Lighthouse kids. Turning the corner from February and into March, and from winter, and, and I mean, sorry if you're a winter person, I'm sorry, but I'm not. But turning the corner from winter and into spring is a good illustration for what Paul does in the text that we're about to read uh, today. We're in our series in Ephesians, A Mighty Good Future. And last week we were in Ephesians chapter 2, verses one two, and three, where Paul reminded us basically of how bad and awful our lives were before we accepted Jesus. And today, in verse four, it's, it's just, it's such a change. Uh, it's like Paul just flicks on all the lights, and the cork pops, and the fireworks go off, and he just explodes with the goodness of God. So, uh, much different tone today than we had last week. So we're going to begin reading in verse 4 and going to read all the way to verse 10. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms, because we are united with Christ Jesus. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us, as shown in all he has done for us, who are united with Christ Jesus. God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. What you are is because of who God is. 
what you are and who you are. It's all because of who God is. And you are a pretty big deal. If you needed some affirmation today, if you just needed your tires pumped up, uh, this is your week. Paul loves to use the before and after comparisons to help us grasp just how much God has done in our lives. He uses that you once were, but you now are. And Paul doesn't want you believing the enemy's lies. Don't keep replaying those, those old scenes or, or going over those old conversations in your head because the past is gone. The past is buried. The past is crucified. And now we can stand tall in the light and the life of Jesus. You're a big deal. Go ahead and tell someone beside you, hey, I'm a big deal. And if you're alone, the next person that you bump into, you have to tell them straight up, I'm, 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 I'm sort of a big deal. I'm, I'm kind of a big deal. In, verse, in the first three verses of Ephesians chapter 2, Paul revealed our character. And in the next seven verses, Paul reveals God's character. He tells us who God is and what God does. If you've ever wondered um, who God is or what God is like, these verses, just, they just describe, they unpack, they reveal uh, God's character. These verses that we just read, they sum up the gospel. They tell the story of salvation and redemption. This is, this is Paul's story. This, is, this was true in his own life. He, he once was, there was the old Paul. And then he had his experience, his encounter with Jesus. And then there's, there's the new life, the new, the new Paul. So he's telling us about what he knows to be true, what God has done in his life. This is the story of the Ephesians, these, these Jews and Gentiles that, that Paul is writing to. This is their story as well. The, all these people from various backgrounds who they've, they've come together to, to start something new. These, these new churches around their, their belief and their decision to follow Jesus as their Savior. This, these verses, these truths that we read this morning, this is why the world has not been able to, to snuff out or, or kill off Christianity. This is why thousands of years later, we still worship Jesus. We're, we're still here. We're still celebrating the good news. This is why billions of people throughout history, and literally billions of people on the planet right now, um, have risked everything to follow Jesus, many times costing people their very lives. This is why you can, you can find people literally all over the planet, all over the world, lifting up the name of Jesus and sharing their story, sharing this message, and inviting others to believe and follow Jesus. It's right here in these verses that we read, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. It, it reveals the character of God. What God does reveals who God is. We can, we can learn, you know, what God is, what God is like by reading these verses right here. So we're going to 
We're just going to take some time and, and unpack them and, and learn more about who God is and what God is like and, and what he's doing in our lives. So let me tell you about my God. Ephesians 2, verse 4. But God is so rich in mercy, and he loved us so much. Let, let me tell you about my God. My God is so rich in mercy. Now, mercy is not getting what you do deserve. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve. I don't deserve forgiveness. I don't deserve God's forgiveness times 70, times 7, times 70, times 7, times 70, times No, no, no. God, God is not out to get me. He's out to restore me. He keeps no record of wrongs. He is so rich in mercy, and he loves us so much. And we need to hear those words um, anew this morning, today. Whenever, you, whenever you're watching this, maybe it's in the middle of the night, but whenever you're watching this, you, need, you just need to hear that anew today, that God is so rich in mercy, and he loves us, you and me, so much. And we need to hear those words um, the way that they would have been heard by the first audience that heard them. Because for many of them, when they first heard these words from Paul, it would have rung a bell. It would have, it would have sounded familiar. Like, where have I heard those things before? And if it didn't ring a bell, like if they've never heard it before, someone in the group likely would have reminded them. Somebody in the group would have said, hey, we know where we've heard this before, that God is so rich in mercy and so full of love. Back in, in Exodus, when God was, was uh, passing by Moses on the mountain, and God spoke to Moses, and God told Moses who he was and what he was like. It's Exodus chapter 34, uh, verse 5, 6, and the first part of verse 7 where it says, Then the Lord came down in a cloud, and he stood there with him, and he called out his name, Yahweh. The Lord passed in front of Moses, calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy. I am slow to anger. I am filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. I lavish unfailing love to a thousand generations. That's who God is. He's never changed. He's faithful. This is who he was in the very beginning. This is who he, he was when he passed by Moses on the mountain. This is who he was in Ephesians. And this is who he is now. This is who God is in my life right now. In the middle of a pandemic, this is who God is. My value, my worth, my esteem, my confidence, it's all is in my relationship to God. And it's because of his great mercy and his great love. I am not ashamed. I am forgiven. I am accepted. And I can stand tall in that in, that, in those promises today, in those truths today, I can stand tall in those things today. You are a big deal. God loves you so much. It's awesome. 
Verse 5, that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. Now, if you're still not convinced that you're a pretty big deal, try wrapping your head around Ephesians chapter 2, verse 5. Paul takes the resurrection of Jesus. He takes that event, the resurrection of Jesus, and he takes your resurrection from sin, and he merges those two things together. Your salvation, your new life in Jesus, goes back to the tomb of Jesus when God whispered, wake up, wake up. When God breathed life back into the body of Jesus, when God filled him with life and healed his wounds and rolled the stone and Jesus stepped back out into the fresh air of freedom and life, Paul takes that resurrection, the resurrection of Jesus in your resurrection, and he weaves those two events together, that they're connected. Your resurrection story is a part of God's resurrection story. And that is, that's mind-blowing to me. When God gave Jesus life in the grave, he gave us life from our graves. When God gave Jesus life in the grave. When he spoke life into his son, he gave you and I life, freedom from our graves. Victory over your accusers. Honor over your persecutors. The people coming against you will not win. They, they thought they had won for a couple of days. They thought there. We killed him. He's gone. We crucified him. He's dead. The stone is, the, the tomb is sealed, and, and he's not coming back. And they thought that they had won, but they had not won. And the people coming against you, they will not win. The enemy trying to hold you down will not win. The powers that are out to destroy you, they will not win. You are a resurrected child of God because of the resurrected Son of God. And there ain't no grave that can hold you down. It's such, it's such good news. You will not face anything or anyone or any situation or any trouble or fear or opposition that cannot be defeated by the resurrection power of Jesus that is in you. And that God, that God would include you in, in the resurrection of Jesus, that God would, 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 would include our story in that story, speaks of your value to him. So stand up tall today. Stand up tall and step out into the, the light, the life of this truth. Depression cannot win. Anxiety cannot win. Loneliness cannot win. COVID cannot win. Bullies cannot win. They are nothing 
but a stone to be rolled when God speaks and tells them to roll. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. So we have God's mercy. And verse 4, we have God's love. In verse 4, and now in verse 5, we have God's grace. Mercy is not getting what you do deserve, and grace is getting what you don't deserve. Uh, Thursday, this past week, I was running some errands, and uh, a great friend of mine in St. John met me. He said, uh, let me know when you're coming through. I've got, some, I've got something for you. And he met me, and he just gave me a bunch of gifts. He's just like, here, th these things are for you. He just gave me a, just piled my arms up with a bunch of, a bunch of gifts, things that he had bought for me, things that he had kept for me, um, things that he just wanted me to have for no other reason but love. That's it. He just, just, just brotherly friendship, love. And that's grace. I did not deserve them. I did nothing to earn them. All I could do was receive them. Like, thank you. I love you. You're the best. Um, I can't repay him. All I can do is, is receive them and appreciate them. I have another friend here on Graham and Ann. His name is Nathan. And I, and I love Nathan. And Nathan and I give gifts to each other. And um, here's, here's a gift that, that these are the kind of gifts that Nathan gives to me. This is a yellow Porsche Boxster. And Nathan gives me cars. And he knows that my favorite cars of all time, since I was a little boy, are Porsches. And so when he sees one, he, he often picks it up. And then he waits to give it to me. And, and it's beautiful. And he gives me more than I give him. I can't outgive Nathan. And uh, he just graces me with good things. And that's what grace is. Grace is not about your behavior. Um, it's not about what you've done or what you can do. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's just grace. Okay, what else do we know about God from this text? Verse 6. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ, and he seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. He raised us from our past, and he's, he's, God has already seated you. He's already given you a place in heaven. Like if you call heaven and like make a reservation for, I don't know, how would you know when to make the reservation for? But if you call and say, um, yeah, you know, I just want to make sure that I've got a place, heaven is going to tell you it's, you already have a place. We already have a seat. There's already a place here with your name on it. Your future is secure. Your past is, is erased, and your future is secure. So that's true. Uh, not if it's true. We know that it, that it is true. So don't take life too seriously, gang. You already have a place in heaven. Life is temporary. All right, verse 7. We've got we to keep moving here. So God can point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace 
and his kindness toward us as shown in all he has done for us who are united with Christ Jesus. God, for, for eternity, for all the ages, God will point to you as the example of the incredible wealth of his grace and his, and his kindness. How good is God? How good is God? Well, if you want to know how good God is, just point to yourself that he rescued you, that he's done all these good things in your life. You are a big deal in God's eyes. You are the chosen object of God's affection. You are his prized possession. You are his greatest achievement. God is bonkers about you. He knew you when he died for you, and your name was there when he raised Jesus from the dead. Your resurrection story was a part of God's resurrection story. You are grafted in to the resurrection of Jesus. It's just, God is so proud of you. He's bonkers about you. Now, I'm, I'm proud of my kids. I, I have two daughters. I love them like, like bonkers. I love pointing at them and telling people, that's my kid. That, see that one over there? That, that's mine. I, I love doing that. I'm, I'm proud of them. I love them. And I can't imagine how much more God loves us. And he says in this verse that for the ages, he will point to us. Like he, he loves you so much. Man, just let that encourage you today. Like just let that um, affirm you today. Stand up tall in the, in, in the truth of those words today. Okay, verses 8 and 9. Got to move quick. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. And then we're going to finish uh, focusing on verse 10. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Wow. Um, verse 10 says we are God's masterpiece. I, I don't know if you want to do this uh, today, wherever you are watching this, maybe just say it in your head. I am God's masterpiece. It's different, isn't it? When you make it personal, when you think about I am God's masterpiece, God doesn't make mistakes. I'm not a failure. Uh, he's working in my life. He's done great things in my life. He's going to keep doing great things in my life. Um, he loves me so much. He just keeps lavishing and pouring good things on me. He's proud of me. He points to me for all the ages. I am God's masterpiece. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's just an amazing, amazing thought. Now, if you were God and you had created everything that exists, what would you point to as your masterpiece? What would you point to? Because there, there are a lot of options. Like, if you could point to anything. It could be um, a scene in nature where you just, 
you don't hard, you don't have the words to describe it. It's just it's just so awesome. Could be an animal. Um, I chose a snow leopard. Mind blowing. I, I find them uh, amazing. Could be a sunrise or a sunset. There are there are astounding pieces of God's workmanship, His craftsmanship, the Master's um, craftsmanship all around us. And of all of creation, of all the things that God could point to as his masterpiece, he points to us. He points to you and me. When Jesus was uh, explaining this to Nicodemus, Jesus said that, told him that you need to be born again. It's, it's the word anew here in verse, in verse 10, anew in Christ Jesus. You were, you were created once. But you need to be recreated. Uh, this is work of salvation and transformation. The work of changing you from the old you to the, to the new you. Making you more like Jesus. You are God's craftsmanship, his masterpiece. This, this change that happens in your life, being, being remade, recreated. Um, the message of the gospel being lived out in a dark world through you, like the light of Jesus shining through you into the darkness wherever you go. Uh, these, the Romans called uh, these Christ followers, they called them little Christ. You know, these little Christ that are running around all over the place and it became Christians. That is, you are God's masterpiece God loves to lavishly pour his mercy and his love into our lives. The last part of verse 10 says, So we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God planned long ago for you and for me to do good things. There are good things for us to be doing. There are good things that we should be doing as as followers of Jesus the the way that we respond to all of these good things that God has given to us and done in our lives the way that you respond is by living that out and just and just doing good things as as God leads you don't be don't be a reservoir you know, holding this all in. Be a river and let, let these things flow you. You are full of good things. Now go and share uh, the good stuff of God with others. Show mercy. If, if, if God has shown you mercy, then you go and show others mercy. Show love to others. Show grace to others. Show forgiveness to others. Um, show humility to others. Because saved people serve people, and forgiven people forgive people. Thanks again for joining us today. I know that's a lot that we took in. It's just an awesome text. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. And, uh, and uh, just thanks again for watching. May God continue to bless you. Have a great week. Take care. Thanks for listening and joining us today. If you'd like to know more about the Lighthouse Church, you can find us on Facebook at Lighthouse Graham and Ann or on Instagram at The Lighthouse GM. We'd love to chat with you more. Maybe something jumped out at you or grabbed your attention while you were listening today. 
We would love to talk with you and discuss some of the deeper questions of life together. God loves you, we love you, and we're in this together.